crack a beer and join John and Mr. Steve as they explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. You are now entering the Might Be Brews Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews, episode 79. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing tonight? 79? 79. Man, we're old. Right? I think that's retirement age for a podcast. It's getting it? there. It's getting there. We'll see what happens after 80. We'll see what happens after 80. Uh, if you guys can't tell, we were on. Uh, we were in beautiful Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We are on site cartel brewing and blending. We've got Adam here. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. How you doing? Thank you so much for hanging out with us and, and helping us set this up. Guys, if you're watching right now online, the podcast comes out on Monday, so make sure you go find us online. Uh, subscribe, share, listen, rate, all that good stuff at Might Be Brews. Uh, if you're listening, you can go back and rewatch this live stream anytime on Facebook or YouTube. Um, find all of our episodes on mightbebrews.podbean.com. There you can find the links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all those places to make it easier for you. When you find us, make sure you subscribe. Help us with the algorithms, press play, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Um, Adam, I am so pumped to be here. We met at, we were just talking about this, um, Kenneth Brewfest. Shout out Jeff Norman. And um, I forget, what was the beer that we had there? I snuck in a couple of bottles of a bourbon barrel aged oh, barley wine. That's, that's right. right. Now I remember. Mm. Yeah, you had the little sneaky stuff, and um, it was yeah that was uh, I remember that being delicious. And uh, so I was I don't know I was just super excited to to get it, get out here and, and finally talk to you. So um, let's start with a beer. What should we start with? Sure, I've structured the flight here uh, light to dark, so we should Perfect. probably just stay in that. So what's this first one here? Um, the first one is our flagship lighter ale. It's a cream ale uh, called Mug Club. Um, you know, we make pilsners, we make cream ale, kind of alternating, alternating between the two. Uh, obviously, lagers take longer to, uh, to achieve the perfect beer. Um, so cream ale is, we kind of mix that in. Uh, I've been brewing that beer since 2015. So. Do, you, do you feel like cream ales are making a comeback? I feel like... More and more people are doing them and maybe even experimenting a little bit more. I mean, maybe I missed the first uh, cream ale thing or like anything else, like uh, Stranger Things. Like I just didn't realize that it existed. And now, mm. now uh, you know, and, and now I realize that it's a thing way too late. Well, wait, you, you didn't know Stranger Things was a thing? Not really. I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Okay. Oh, wow. But, Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I'm not watching it. I, I know that I should, and everybody talks about it, and I'm just like... I thought for some reason there was a cream ale that showed up in Stranger Things, and you were no. trying to tie them together, <laughs> or you're getting some low-key promo <laughs> for yeah. Stranger well, Things. Did I, new, new season out now. Well, did I completely, completely miss the boat on cream ales, or are they making a comeback, I guess is kind of I what I'm I think they at. are. Um, yeah. I'm seeing a lot more of them. Uh you always hear Genesee, Genesee. Oh, yeah, that's I love what I was Genesee. Say. I grew up with Genesee, or the, you know, um, and and it's not Genesee, <laughs> but it's definitely a style that I think is coming back. And uh, it used to be kind of referred to as the poor man's pilsner, not to be confused with poor man's brewing company's pilsner. <laughs> <laughs> right. I made that mistake once before. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was like, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, just In because it's an ale, it's a, it, you, it can drink just as crisp. You can get the similar hop character if you want. I don't use Saz hops, which is more of a traditional uh, German hop used in Pilsners. 
Um, but it's, it's kind of the fast turning alternative to a lager. Uh, it's not going to quite uh, hit those notes that you're getting from that Pilsner. Yep. Um, but if you want an ale version, uh, cream ale is a nice alternative. Um, a lot of people don't really realize what it is. So it is an opportunity for education. When people think cream ale, they think lactose, they think milk, they think cream, obviously, because it says cream ale. Uh, all it means is there's a, we're using some uh, degree of flaked corn in the, in the, the bill for the malt. So, you know, it could be a small percentage, could be a mid-range percentage of, of flaked maize. It's funny when you say that, because I immediately went to, when I was first getting into beer, I wanted nothing to do with cream ales, thinking that like, oh, it's going to be milky or something like that, have that weird substance to it. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm good on that. But yeah, that's why it's good to educate people, right? And like give them the opportunity to try things because um, you're right. Like it is a nice, clean, crisp beer. It's got a good mouthfeel to it, you know, because of that corn probably. And uh, it is a good... Um, it's a nice uh, canvas to experiment with. We've done a lot of things with mm. that cream ale. Um, it actually started out when I first started home brewing it. Uh, it was infused in the keg with a local Amish root beer um, to give it just a hint of like a root beer float. And I called it Amish Mug Club. And then eventually I just decided I need to make this beer by itself and see what it tastes like. And then just called it Mug Club. Nice. Um, we do Mug Shot, which is a coffee cream ale. Same base. Yep. Um, we do Malibu Club, which is blended in the keg with fresh pressed strawberries, uh, a little bit of coconut, a little bit of vanilla. That sounds um, good, yeah. Pours pink, drinks like a daiquiri, but you still <laughs> taste beer. It's not overwhelmingly heavy in those, those characteristics sure. and flavors. So. Well, yeah, that's fun. A lot of experimenting. I definitely feel like cream ales and brown ales, I feel like, are the ones to me that are starting to... Is I, I feel like I'm insulting it by calling it a planer style, but I feel like it's a little bit more... A canvas is definitely a good word to it that you can add things to and, and build upon those base flavors to kind of build something up. This is definitely a nice hot weather beer. Yeah. So you can, it's, you can be outside. It's light. It's not going to fill you up. It, it'd be a nice, easy drink. I think this, this style of beer is actually... I guess scientifically probably the best beer to use coffee in because if you're trying to get the actual flavors of the coffee um, it's nice to not have to compete with dark roasted malts, chocolate malts yeah. caramel malts you kind of lose the coffee you get the coffee, you get the general coffee is here yep. sensation you don't get the distinct flavors of whatever origin or single origin or blend of coffee that you're using. So if I'm going to use a higher quality coffee, I would prefer to put it in this because then the coffee can be the star of the show. Yeah. We did, um, <clears throat> we tested out a batch of this. We had a, um, a gentleman who travels around the country doing Thai street food pop-ups, um, which actually may turn into uh, a TV series because uh, he also was in like developing screenplays and stuff okay he got picked up by viacom i believe for like, nice kind of like that you know traveling around docu docuseries type food sure you know you said thai thai yeah thai food yeah yep. so we actually did a keg of the mug club he came here and and 
whipped up some food in our garage and and we had a line of people and it was a lot of fun oh that sounds yeah that's awesome and uh we did we put thai iced tea in the in the mug club was came, came out that orange color that you i don't know if you're familiar with thai iced tea you ever have thai iced no tea? i don't oh, think so man. have you i've definitely not i was gonna say i don't think i've even had any like thai food yeah i don't know for sure like pad thai but probably something if you ever go out for legit. thai food I mean, they, sh- they probably will have Thai iced tea. Usually okay. it's served with sweetened condensed milk. It comes out like an orange color. It's, it's great. Nice. Try it out sometime. Yeah. It worked really well in that beer. Sure. I want to try Thai and like Indian and stuff, but I'm always afraid that I'm going to go try bad Thai food at one place and then be like, I don't like Thai food. And I just screwed myself because I just judged it off of that one spot. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. You got to find like a really good spot that's got good reviews and hopefully have a good experience. And right. Have somebody easy into it, you know? So when we have a new guest on, we always ask what the gateway beer is. What was your gateway beer? If you can think back to like not, you know, your Miller Lights and things like that, that, you know, people had when they were younger or just started to drink. But what was that first beer experience? If you can think of it. I mean, you mean that took me from like beer and craft beer to, oh my goodness, I'm into craft beer. Yeah. Like that kind yeah, of exactly. uh, Midas touch. What is that? Dogfish, Dogfish. head. Okay. Remind me the style, because I, I, I can... I, that is an interesting one. Uh, is that the one is, that's half mead? Kind it, no, of? it's made with grape must, yeah. I think. So, um, I, I haven't had one in ages. Uh, so, I used to drink a lot of, um, you know, Boston Lager, Sam Adams Oktoberfest, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yep. Those were kind of the technical craft beers that I had been drinking. And I had a co-worker at the time gave me a bottle of Midas Touch and said, you got to try this. Um, you know, this is real beer or some kind of statement like that. And I, I took it home and I drank it. And at first, first sip, I, I, I almost didn't like it. Yep. Like it was really strong. Like it was just like, oh my goodness, this is very strong. There's a lot going on here. Uh, every sip following that just was an experience, a different experience each time. And you're picking out all sorts of different flavors. Right, yeah. Um, and then we started, uh, I would say another uh, another one for me was, was probably your Belgians, like your Chimay Blue, uh, Three Philosophers from Oma Gang. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty, like Belgians, Belgians are many people's gateway beers. Yeah. But I would say. That was me. Definitely, like without a doubt, the, as soon as you said that, like Midas Touch always comes yeah. to mind because it's the most memorable um, experience. Yeah. How did you happen across that? Because I remember that that TV show that they used to have, and I can't remember the name of it. You remember the TV show? It was just Dogfish, and he would do like like they did the one episode about the beer that they chewed the oh, corn. Oh yeah, the the oh, Brewmasters. It might have been. It was something, something like that. That this was long before that. This was like um, 06, 07. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely before that TV show. Uh, I think 2011, 2012 was that show. Yeah. Did um, you do an episode with Bert? Didn't you do one Bert Kreischer? Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but I remember there being like at least a web series where they were like drinking like Namaste white mm-hmm. or whatever wit together. I like, remember watching the first episode of that um, and it was, I think it was the first episode. It was the first episode I saw of the Dogfish series um, where they were talking about Bitches Brew. And I had bottle. I had recently picked up the first batch of bottles 
Because we used to go down to Rehoboth a lot mm-hmm. and stay at a B&B and just hang out and go to Dogfish. Like, yeah. So That's awesome. Trying all of their beers. Um, second, second to Midas Touch, um, would prob- that was influential, would probably be Palo Santo, Marone. The wood. Yeah, the Palo Santo wood aged. Called it a brown ale, poured like an oil slick stout, 12% ABV, yeah. so I don't know. Sounds right up my alley. <laughs> That's definitely my type of beer. Yeah, I don't even think of that as a brown ale. To me, it's, you know, it's a stout. I just, I just had a... Um, do you remember, not that long ago, I was at Dogfish, and I got those uh, burb... They were sherry, port, barrel-aged 120 bottles. I don't ever remember tasting one. Yeah, but I, you remember me texting everybody, yeah. and people got them, then I was like, oh, they're like $30 bottles. Yeah, because I, I didn't just, realize at the time. I just don't like 120. No? No. I'm out. So, you know, you know the mistake that, I don't know if you, this ever happens to you guys, but you've got like three or four beers in you, and then you're just like feeling great, and, and beer's tasting amazing, and then you grab a beer, and that thing's like a 15% beer. So, I had like four or five sips, and I was like, I just can't fucking do this anymore. Like, I'm already too far. I've already had four beers, and then now I'm trying to, The night know. ender. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. party stopper. Yeah, for you guys mentioned beer shares before, and like back in the day of doing beer shares pretty regularly, like the the common offender was always a brewery bottle, like Black oh, Tuesday, yeah. Mocha yeah. Wednesday, <laughs> right, yeah. Gray yep. Monday. So happens it's Tuesday, and it's it, you yeah. always yeah exactly. It's like <laughs> you're just getting to finish the night, and someone yeah. comes out. Hey, yo, I got black percenter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, I can't not, but <laughs> oh, let me just get a sip. Yeah, let me go, go give me a little. Yeah. I got to snooze this. My computer randomly restarted on me when I was on the phone with somebody earlier today. And I just got this weird, like, restart notification. I'm like, fingers crossed this doesn't try to do what, what happened to me earlier today. <laughs> that would be terrible. So, Adam, um, if you don't mind, tell us about your um, your professional history, getting into home brewing or whatever that was that got you into being here. Sure. Um, some of my professional history, we'll, we'll go back to 06. Um, I worked for four years um, for Starbucks mm-hmm. and got really into you know back back then i feel like they really dove deep into coffee pour overs tasting things they had a black apron program where it was pretty intense to actually get certified and um uh moved out here end of 2005 so uh transferred from the university of connecticut store and was working out here for a while eventually ended up in um marketing Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing, sales, advertising, yep, you know, brand development, campaign, consulting, social media, digital stuff like that. Nice. Okay. Um, so did that for about twelve years total. Okay. Um, and towards the beginning of getting into that, uh, a friend uh, told me he was making beer, and he's like, "You should come hang out, and you know, you can make beer with me." Yeah. So I went. Um, didn't know anything about the process. I mean, obviously, I enjoyed beer, so I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Right. Um, and so, kind of was fascinated with the process. I mean, he was just doing, like, extract batches and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, I said, I want to put a recipe together. 
and we can brew it. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah. And um, I said, I want to do all grain. Like, yep. So the first batch that I kind of put together was an all grain batch. Um, essentially, it was it was a, a, t- a spin off of like a Mad Elf. Yep. Um, we didn't use cherries. We used plums. Nice. Um, that was kind of the you know the tweak to it. Um, and it was great. Like it, it turned out awesome. Um, uh, eventually, uh, he stopped brewing or was kind of like few and far between. Yep. And I met another guy um, who was really into it. We became friends, started brewing with him. About a year into that, he decided he was pretty into it too. He had like a whole system and a whole bunch of equipment and stuff. Um, he just decided he didn't really want to do it anymore. Right. So, so I bought his equipment. Started uh, figuring out recipes. And then six months later, uh, he calls me up and he's like, hey, how's that brewing equipment going? I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. You want to come join me for a brew? And he's like, yeah. And so he started brewing with me. So basically, <laughs> yeah. he quit, Yep. sold me his stuff, ended up brewing at my place anyways. Most people <laughs> said, well, that's because everybody wants to quit. But, you know, because of the mess and the work and the cleanup, yep. they're like, everybody's happy to come brew. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I'll join a brew like day any day. 80% like, like yeah. <laughs> boring cleaning work. Yeah, right. Um, so that was kind of, all, all throughout that time, I was kind of, because I was into beer, because I was, I started getting into the whole, you know, beer trading, traveling for beer, trying new beer, beer, yeah. sh- beer shares, all that stuff. Um and being in a field where you're constantly analyzing market trends and consumer behavior, I just started kind of following the industry uh, where at the time, obviously, we know where we are now. Sure. And where we were then. Yeah. And kind of predicting and seeing how, that, how those numbers were going to explode and how there was this huge resurgence just kind of waiting to explode yeah. in this country. And just kind of followed that along the way. Um, seeing seeing the movement uh about halfway through i i pretty much was not really interested in opening a brewery because i felt like the saturation rate was was happening so fast that it was less known as far as what the you know opportunity would look like and how difficult it would be um then i started noticing that the landscape was slowly shifting or appeared to be shifting to the local tap room, buy fresh, buy local, yep. consume fresh. Um, customers were starting to be less likely to purchase beer at a grocery store yeah. uh, off of a warm shelf, and you don't know how long it sat there, Yeah. to connecting with the place it was made, the person who made it. Um, and we've seen a lot of that here with just regulars, repeat customers that we love seeing, and that, you know, and that keeps growing yeah. as we go. So. Uh, it seemed to make sense if that was the new opportunity or the new landscape. Um, I didn't really want to get into like huge manufacturing and wholesale distribution. That didn't really excite me because right. it kind of el- eliminated the created this like middleman between you and your customer. And part of what I enjoy is that interaction. So yeah, we've been yeah. talking about that for a little while. It's almost like you either want to be the really, really big guy on the block or you want to be the small guy on the block. You don't want to be that midsize worrying about distribution. And it's, the, I think the midsize is nice have, though. I think, I think I'd like to, I don't know what midsize is technically, but I, I think I would like to see 
uh, a three to four times the size brew system that I have now. I think so from, from a brewing standpoint. I think the market standpoint is more towards you guys, towards the smaller guys there. Yeah, like I always say Weyerbacher. For some reason, that's my in my mind that mid-level that's like, you know, back in 2010, 2011, we were talking about it was why oh let's go get some Weyerbacher. They got the quad. They got all this barrel aged stuff. Oh yeah, but then, Sunday morning stout. Oh, the best. then it kind of shifted a little bit, and it was like uh, that's the stuff I see at the grocery store. You know, it's not the the fresh stuff. It's not the special release stuff. It's not the new something new every couple weeks. Yep, um, that people are kind of craving. Yeah, I, yeah, I think we, we've definitely talked about that. You, you start to see that trend where the local tap room is kind of a preferred business model as opposed to, you know, or you're so big that you've got distribution across the country. And when you're kind of in between distributing throughout, you know, your state, not there, there may be, it may be a little bit, a little bit tougher to, to compete, you know, when sure. you're, when you're trying to get into all those grocery stores and beer stores, sell kegs, things like that. And that's the model that you're used to those. I, I feel like those companies, those sizes started to struggle because, there were so many other places popping up that could do fresher beer more often, more frequently, things like that, in, in smaller batches. Well, and, and there was a time, and obviously the last couple of years, something kind of happened, I don't know what, wink, wink, um, that kind of changed the whole landscape of how people... <laughs> life. <out>. Yeah, <laughs> life, COVID, everything. Right. Um, but prior to that, it was cool to start seeing, like, there is a subset of breweries that were able to scale to significant size and, and can package and sell it all directly out of their doors. Yeah. Um, it's the minority, for sure, by far. Yeah. But if, you're, if your product is good and you, and you have that culture and community that people want to hang out at or be a part of or pay attention to... I yeah. still think there's an opportunity for that. I mean, Other Half's sure. a great example. They're still doing a lot of self-distribution, and they're adding more locations left and right. I think they're up to like six or seven now. Yeah. Did you see uh, Jason had a question in our, uh, in our chat there? Yeah, Jason said, uh, I missed the beginning. Where are they located, and do they have a style that they think is their best style? So, Jason, you should – I don't know if I don't have like – it's just a yeah, cartel brewing. It should be on the screen down That's there fine. at the bottom. But we're um, at Cartel Brewing. It's there. Um, so we're in I Lancaster. I think you meant what town. Yeah. Gotcha. Where are they located? That, gotcha. I thought they were like, where are they at right now? I'm an <laughs> no. idiot. Sorry about that. Uh, I mean, is this a technically a Lancaster address or is there yeah, any specific neighborhood? We're at the north, we're at the north uh, point of the Lancaster, of Lancaster City, downtown Lancaster. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. We're, is like at the baseball stadium pretty close to here? Yep. Yeah, people baseball that know the stadium. baseball stadium. Is the train station, if you're coming, if you're taking Amtrak, you can hop off the train, walk a half block, and, and come hang out, and we could probably send you to five or six other places. You can make a day of it. So hop right back on the train and go home. I want to talk about when you're deciding that you're going to open a brewery, what that's like when you're like, all right, I think I can make this transition. I'm going to try to open a place. What was involved with that, and why did you pick this this area and this location specifically um that that's a loaded question Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well i live in lancaster i've lived here for almost first about 17 years um 
I like downtown Lancaster. There's a lot going on in food and beverage and art and music and culture and diversity of like people just living here and creating a culture that's really awesome. Um, so uh, wanting to be a part of that, I kind of had my eye on this little building for a number of years, just because okay. this, this side of town is really starting to blossom. And I think the next few years it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be popping. Um, but as far as opening a brewery, I mean, I wanted to start smaller, um, lower risk, um, making sure that I could scale things the way I wanted. Um, no sacrifice to quality. Some of the th- beers that I brew are a little like my processes might be frowned on or, you know, just people might think it's kind of crazy, like with the ingredients and scaling at that size. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, you can make a small batch like that, but how are you going to do it when you're making? So making sure and figuring out that I could still do those things without sacrificing the, the, the product, you know, the quality that comes out. Sure. So, yeah. What was, was this place before? Uh, primarily for about six years, it was a bicycle shop. Okay. Uh, and then prior to us for like five or six months, there was like an antique store that was sometimes open. Okay. <laughs> and then nice. they kind of vacated the place. And we were we were getting close to signing on to another lease that would have been not in the city. It would have been outside the city a little bit. And um, wasn't wasn't my favorite, but it was a start. And we, I saw the sign in the window again and literally pulled over and called the number because we had tried to get it before yep. and it didn't work out at the gotcha. time. The timing wasn't right. So I just said, hey, take the sign out of the window. Give me the paperwork. Like, we'll sign yeah, it whenever. Let's do it. Like, let's go. That's um, awesome. And they had already remembered who I was. And she's like, I was just getting ready to call you. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. What's this, uh, what's this next beer that we're sipping on? This next beer is, a f- is one of our flagship IPAs. It's called, well, this is called Glosaic. Our flagship IPA is Glow. This is Glow with uh, additional hops, uh, with mosaic hops added on top of the normal nice. hop regimen. Um, and uh, boil hops or dry hops or both? Um, mostly, mostly Whirlpool. Nice. And dry hop. Sweet. Is some boil. Is that after Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling or is it a different glow? No, just, just, <laughs> glow. just glow. Cool. Yeah. I, I yeah, it's another homebrew recipe I used to make, probably since again, probably 2015, 2016. So, Christopher Sweat, you know Christopher Sweat? He <laughs> just do. hopped in the chat. He said, "Glow!" with a big exclamation point. Mm. What's up, Chris? Jeff says, "Coolest small location." That's what he said. So yeah, it's small. <laughs> go back to Jason. Jason says, what's the brewery size now? And I don't think we really answered his first question is... Um, oh, the beer style. What style do you think is um, best? Or, you know, what's your flagships and sure, what, what's sure. going on? Um, my styles, I do a, a huge range of styles. And we've gotten... I can't believe... It, but we've gotten really good feedback about like all of them, which is great. What I love doing and what I've done the most of in my homebrew days is bigger beers... Um, barley wines, big stouts, uh, whiskey barrel aging. I used to age in one of those dad's hat barrels. I used to get 15-gallon dad's hat rye barrels from nice. the some distillery. Yeah? And um, so you age some big boy stouts and barley wines. If them. you look up your official name, I mean, it's, it's uh, cartel brewing and blending, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's a big part of uh, what you want to be, your portfolio to be, right? You want to be doing blending and barrel aging and things like that, right? I do. Um, ironically, the only thing I don't blend is barrels. 
currently. Okay. And I, mean, I will someday, probably, if I'm getting into, like, mixed fermentation, like wild sours and barrel, you yeah. know, barrel-conditioned sours and things. Um, we blend in the fermenter, we blend in the keg, and we blend at the taps. Gotcha. So we have beers that are designed to be great beers by themselves, but they can also be mixed 50-50, two-thirds, one-third. Um, we've mixed sours and IPAs to make sour IPAs right at the tap. We've mixed the root beer cream ale with a little bit of uh, milk stout or porter to give it more depth and of the root beer roasty, milky characteristics of like a mug root beer. We've, there's all sorts of different blends. That yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I was just expecting you to say like... Um you know, we're blending barrel stuff or whatever to make, you know, but that's a, that's a really interesting, I mean, I know people do it, but um, there's just so many opportunities that people probably don't take to to put the work in to blend something 60, 40, you know, 30, 70, whatever that math is. I mean, eventually, like, we, we probably would design even a, a more involved or, or complex experience for a customer to, to send. We've had customers create their own. It's like, hey, can I do half this and half that? I'm like, sure. And yeah. then I end up trying it. I'm like, actually, that's really good. Um, creates the opportunity to have a certain number of beers on tap, but more than that number of opportunities for for different beers that you can drink. Sure. Like different stuff. Well, that's what's, I guess, got to be really fun about a location like this where you're having those really personal interactions with people. And it's more of an experience than just having a beer at a bar. You know, you get to potentially educate them let them try things and they end up it's oh, just a, a great way to do things and interact with your customers the beer cafe is the new coffee shop mm. we don't have televisions here we might eventually bring one in for something special like if we do like kentucky derby or, or rugby or the world cup or something like that but yeah there are plenty of places to stare at a screen around here sure and we encourage people to have a conversation have That's a couple awesome. beers John likes F1. You could set up the F1 races. There you go. You ever, you ever watch F1? I, I have before. Yeah. Do you see his eyes light up like whenever it. you just say F1? Is he's like, huh? Oh, F1. Can I convert like somebody? <laughs> so um, what went into actually, you know, renovations and things like that to get this place ready for beer? Um, with, the, with the exception of the plumbing, completely redoing, like, plumbing water lines, drainage and stuff. And a couple of friends, I, I was here in the evenings <laughs> for almost a year. Oh, yeah? Framing, running electric, framing some more, running some more electric, mm. um, making a mess, cleaning it up. <laughs> I got to say that I feel like this place has more electrical outlets than most places. I, well, that's what I said when we came in. I was like, we're good, we're good on electric. I see we got electric. There's electric everywhere. I feel like we've been to places where we're like, well, the, our only option is that corner to record <laughs> yeah. because that's the only, the only outlet. But, I mean, you know, all of the bar seats, you know, you've got a place to plug in your, your phone or whatever, um, you know, almost at every table. You definitely put some, uh, put some thought into that. Well, too, if you're in there anyways, there. might take the extra 10 minutes to, like, just yeah. throw everything you need. I actually feel like I should have put one in that wall right there because I've been <laughs> needing. Yeah, it's fun. Right? Yeah. This much electric would take me approximately 15 years. Right? <laughs> we signed the lease on March 1st of 2020. Yeah, I was going to ask next. Yeah, when did you guys uh, open? And two, we, we, we signed the lease two weeks before the world stopped. Oh, uh, man, that's and another one. Yeah. We, we, we had a... a 
you know, we were going through the process of getting loans or a loan from the bank days before um, everything was pulled because of COVID. Yeah. And we were like, what? <laughs> okay. So what, so what did you do to adapt? I mean, you said like it took you like a year. Did you just kind of slow down? And I mean, yeah, we, we had to figure out another alternative for, for some additional funding. We, we did a main vest campaign, um, and that went really well. We raised, it's, it's like Kickstarter, only it's an actual SEC logged investment with a return uh, okay. multiplier. So we share our, our gross revenue every quarter a certain percentage that gets distributed to all the people that invested as little as a hundred, as high as $5,000. And over a period of time, they're getting their money back. Plus like some are getting one and a half. So some people might put five in and they're going to get 7,500 back yep. over a period of time. Okay. So that was really cool. It created some buzz, got a lot of uh, the vast majority of people that participated. None of us knew. There were just people local, people in the community, some people from out of town that were just like, I love what this is, and this sounds awesome. And so it was really cool to kind of... Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't get, hear too much of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't quite get where we, where, where we were number-wise with the bank, but it was enough to like, okay, well, we're, we're just going to do some of this stuff ourselves instead of hiring somebody and, and get to you know, where we can open. And we did. And it was a little tough at first because... What was it like when you first opened? Like, what was the, the world like in, uh, you know, what kind we of traffic? March of 2021. So um, it was kind of towards the tail end of, like, guidelines and, like, certain restrictions on how many people and, like, all that sort of stuff. Um, right. But it was, like, just kind of at the tail end. Where well, people kind of knew what to expect now. Like, people were mm-hmm. starting to go out. But we were still slammed. The nice thing yeah, is good. we had a ton of, t- like, high-top tables outside, tables out back, tables in the front. People could hang out outside. We're technically one block from the actual line for Lancaster City. Okay. We're actually in, in a township that's not Lancaster City, even though we're technically considered the city. Yep. Um, there's no open container laws here. So nice. <laughs> you can walk outside drinking a beer and... You're fine. Nice. It's like the Wild West out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Outback, I noticed there's a, uh, a food truck out there. You guys have a food truck that's kind of uh, their home base is kind of here for the weekend? It has been. It has been, yeah, for, for a while now. We've had Hotbox Barbecue. They're, they're a newer. Uh, they started. Uh, it's a newer brand, but the, the Pitmaster has been doing it for, I think, well over 20 years. Um, that was a big, big old smoker out big there. Big old smoker, yeah. It's a big boy. Mm-hmm. I can take a good look at it. It's probably an old propane tank or something. They're starting to get busy. Uh, that you know, they they have been doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday here. Uh, now that's kind of alternating a little bit um, between here and the beer garden. Mm-hmm. We're also running a, a significantly sized beer garden about a half a mile from here. Okay, uh, with another brewery, and you know, probably have seen two, three hundred people like nice. at a time. Like it's pretty pretty good size outdoor space love a good love a good beer garden yeah so when you're opening up and you're worried about how things are going to go do you remember a specific moment where you were like you know what i think we're going to be all right you know Um, was was it day one or did it take a while and you were like man like oh no it's always up and down and up and down and up and down (laughs) roller coaster yeah i don't i don't think like you can't judge 
longevity from grand opening month. Sure. Because you, yeah. you ride that wave for like four to six weeks. Okay. Yeah. And then you hit, in our case, you hit the summer lulls where it's kind of up and down. People want to be outside. Some people don't. And like people go on vacation. Yeah, and yeah. and then hot. there were people yeah. that just still simply didn't know we existed. And yeah. there's still so many people that don't know we exist. Because, um, I mean, we're, we're kind of a, like a hidden little spot here. And, you know, we're starting to, I mean, there's, again, it's, it's going really well, but we haven't even started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're still in the, the oh, infancy. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Lancaster itself is almost in a little brewing infancy. You know, Lancaster Brewing has been here for forever and everybody knows Lancaster Brewing. But, you know, there's a bunch of little guys popping up around here. We just um, I can't remember the name of the one that we just drove past that we were talking about on the way in. Who was that? Where did you go? Um, tattered Flag? Yeah, oh, the there's Tattered, tattered Flag. flag. They're, yeah. uh, yep, their, their main site is a brewery, a big brewery and still house out in like Middletown, like near Hershey, Harrisburg. Yep. And so this is like a satellite location. Nice. It's kind of cool. Um, Lancaster County, I believe, technically has 30 breweries. Okay, nice. And that's, that's if you count things like the Tattered Flag's like Lancaster location, not their brewing location. Yep. Like, like Collusion has a location in Lidditz. Okay. Their primary production facility is in New York. Gotcha. So when you start looking at all of those brands, we have a ton in the county. And that's why, like, we started the Lancaster Brewers Guild. We're starting to put, like, you know, an ale trail together and, like, just finding new ways for people to engage with all these brands. And, and there were people that came in. And this with, We did, like, a like an ale trail passport. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kind of Are like you helping do that? Like set I'm that up or are you just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of curious if there was, you know, you've got this 12 years of, of marketing and uh, experience and things like that. For me, I love, I love talking marketing with people because it's always about finding new and creative ways to engage potential clients and keeping your current clients engaged. And how, um, can you think of any examples where you've kind of melded your, your experience into, I mean, that's probably a good one, right? I would love to do more. Um, yeah. uh, it's kind of like the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Like when you're in this business and you're doing so many different things, like I want to find more time to devote to that for myself. Sure. Um, but at the same time, marketing is interesting in this phase of a brewery. Most of it, I mean, it's always social media, word of mouth, social yep. media, word of mouth, beer shares, strategic festival attendance. Sure. Yeah. Like you can't go to all of them, but like there are some like the Kennett Fest mm -hmm. that I think are, are amazingly strategic. Not only is it a quality lineup, so there could be some really good networking, like meeting you guys last year. Um, but it's just in that sweet spot of like 50 minutes to an hour away. Yeah. Yep. Where people are like, I've had people because of Kennett. Yeah. Hey, we didn't think, you know, we loved everything we tried. We're going to come to Lancaster and like, we haven't been there in a while. It's so close. Let's make a day let's, of it. Yeah, let's do it. And it's like, and not only do we benefit from that, but like all the other local breweries that they visit are, are receiving business Yeah. from at least one of us going out and saying, hey, there's beer in Lancaster. Yeah, come out <laughs> here and do it. There's more beer in Lancaster. <laughs> Shout out Jason. He's been participating the whole time, and he said um, he's definitely going to make the ride out. So we, we've definitely turned him on to it, and um, 
He's he's excited to come out here to Lancaster and check out what's going on out here. Is he, is he a friend of yours? No, I don't. I don't I, think so. He, he was, might be. I can't tell from the picture. He was talking about your hair earlier, so I was trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah, maybe I do. I'm I'm just terrible with that. I don't. Most, but, uh, but Jason, I'm glad to hear you. You know that you you heard about this place, and hopefully you check out all the places that we go to. I probably do. He's like probably like my cousin or something, and I just have no <laughs> fucking idea. I'm, it's just not clicking today. <laughs> For whatever reason. A lot of the breweries are, like, turning into, like, your Lancaster beer tour guides. We love it. Like, people down, people go to our town, which is, like, a nice brewery right down the street, probably, like, five blocks from here. They're sending people up here. We're sending people down there. They could stay on this street right here and probably hit five breweries. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, you can literally Just hit walk a around bunch of and, spots. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. What's, uh, what's this beer here? This is the Respect Your Elders collab with Lancaster Brewing. I'm like, company. I'm digging this beer so much. What is this? And I know why, because I've had it. And you dug it then, too. And I dug it. And I probably, I think I got a full four-pack of it. Yes, you did. And um, I just could not wait to open the next one. So tell us, tell us a little bit about this beer and, like, the process, what, what went behind it. And um, sure. the label, you know, all the good stuff. <laughs> um, so being in that kind of beer crazed beer trading trying new things all that stuff obviously you know most people in that culture know Pliny the Elder yeah like, um, so I I designed a recipe um, when I was home brewing just I really like this beer I like the the hop flavor profile I kind of had a rough idea on like what the hops were and so I made that beer years and years ago and I had been wanting to make it um, since I opened and just like and then I thought well it'd be really cool to do this Respect Your Elders collab us being the new guys in the town Lancaster technically being the oldest operating brewery in Lancaster so yeah. Lancaster Brewing Company and being on the board with um, Mark from Lancaster Brewing Company he runs the operations there you know, we became friends, and I, I said, hey, it'd be really awesome if we could do this collab together, and he loved the idea. Um, we talked about it probably for five or six months before we actually did it. That's cool that it wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to brew something, like, close to Pliny. Like, let's let's put some more thought into it, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a much cooler story that way, knowing that, you know, you've got the old guy in town. Well, yeah, you and know, that was and, the and it, it's a on spin it. on like you know respect your elders, Pliny the Elder. We I took the essentially just recreated the Pliny label and changed the name and like changed some of the components of the label. Um, originally, kind of as a joke, but half serious. Like yeah. we should totally use this. This would be awesome. Yeah. Um, Mark reached out to Vinny from Russian River, who I guess is from out here. Originally, I, think I didn't I've heard realize that. he's got ties. He's got definitely okay, got or something. ties. Um, so just kind of told him, you know, kind of the, the 30,000 foot view of like the project. And and he said, yeah, that's fine. As long as it's, you know, as long as it's kind of a one time brew, um, you know, you're not going to be doing like national distro or anything. We're like, no, yeah. just local. Like we're going to, you know, local on site and to go. Yep. Uh, small run of cans. I think we only did like. 80 or 180 cases. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I did bottles. Mark didn't do bottles. So we each had cans, and I ran off some bottles just because I had a bunch of bottles yeah. that, that looked like the original. Yeah, right? That's sweet. Um, that, that was always one of the OG try and trade, oh, get yeah. some from. 
Okay. Well, and it was kind of a two pronged like, hey, this is kind of a this is not a we're not trying to rip anything off. It's even it's not even necessarily like a full on a hundred percent perfect clone of Pliny. It's just a Pliny tribute beer. Um, and also kind of, hey, this beer pays tribute to like all the all the OGs or like yeah. Russian River, like still like they're one of my favorite breweries. I oh mean, yeah. Like, they're their beers. I mean consecration, one of my yeah. favorite sours. Amazing beers. I mean they, they just do you know, they've they've been killing it in like the barrel age, the wild the wild uh, beers as well, the sour stuff, but also IPAs, and, and that kind of reminds me of like you know Hetty Topper, and like when Sip of Sunshine was like one of those like big beers that you would you know look out for and be excited you know for it to randomly hit the tap at, at TJ's in Paoli or something. Their pills was great. Yeah, I used to go to Vermont, and and you'd see all the people flocking there looking for Hetty Topper, and you know kind of. Fast walking through the stores looking for the, the fridge that contains the Hetty Topper four packs. Yeah. And I'm just kind of standing there watching all these people reach past Sip of Sunshine to grab the Hetty Topper. And I'm just like waiting, waiting, walk in, grab the sip, leave. Because I, yeah. I loved that. that. Yeah. That beer was. I love that beer. You know. And you know what's crazy is you can go to Thorndale Beverage right now and there's three cases of Sip of Sunshine oh, yeah. sitting Wegmans, on the floor. Wegmans right down the street. Yeah. You yeah. can get sip of sunshine. Any it's kind day. of crazy. I used to just, used to have to drive to Vermont and like I used to have alerts set on my phone for when like sip would hit around here and, and go chase it. it. It's crazy. And then so so tell us like I'm kind of curious. I feel like I'm getting a lot in this beer. There's like all kinds of different like layers and and things that I'm picking out of it. And I'm wondering if you can tell us anything about the recipe that might be you know, as far as um, making it a little bit different or, or what type of techniques or hops are giving it that, uh, well, that no, old school it, traditional. It, yeah, it, it came out, you know, first of all, it, it came out a little darker than mine used to come out. I yeah. think it was a little more caramely, a little more malty. It's only mm-hmm. three, it's only three malts. It's mostly base malts, a little bit of uh, caramel malt. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be 40, but I think we did 60, which would account for the color. Gotcha. Um, and then probably a little bit of deck carapils, I think. Yep. Dextrin, maybe. Okay. Um, hops are your classic. Um, the C's? Mostly. Yeah. Uh, Chinook, Centennial, Amarillo, Simcoe. Um, what's the other one? And then is there like a special uh, hop schedule that you try to do to, to help mm-hmm. mimic that and... And then are it's, beers like this dry hopped also? Yes. Yeah, like heavily? Mm-hmm. Uh, not as heavily as some of these newer, fangled, yeah. <laughs> hazy things. Um, a lot of hot side. We're, you know, like we're talking probably three to five hot side hop additions. Yeah, nice. Because like you, you get a lot of bitterness but it's just got so much body and and uh, like you know aroma to it that it's kind of uh, this helps carry mm-hmm. with the, with the malt backbone, right? So it's all it, helping yeah. carry the the ride of everything. Yeah, Pliny's a little drier um, and not and, and certainly not as sweet as this one. Uh, this one's a little more medium bodied, light mm-hmm. to medium bodied, whereas Pliny's definitely a light bodied. Yeah. Um, I just dig this beer, man. Like, when the first can that I had, I was like, man, this is just hitting the spot for me. 
I love I mean, that. It drinks nice for 8%. I mean, you can't yeah. really. I love that when the, I saw the post start going out for this, everybody's like, oh, that's a cease and desist. Oh, you guys are going to get sued. Oh, you guys are going to. It's like, dude, take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> talk to the brewers. It's all cool. It's okay. <laughs> like, just settle down made, there. Internet. We've made sure, because I guess one of the concerns was is they just don't want other breweries thinking that it's it's open season to, to do that. Yeah. Um, so we made it pretty clear, and the the people did the work for us because I saw all that chatter, <laughs> and it was constantly the, the narrative was they got permission. This is one time. This is not, you know. Yeah. So hopefully that that, that carries weight so that no brewery gets an idea that. Yeah, they, they want to do it. Or, hey, okay, can I do or yeah, like, yeah. You know, this is just a one-time, you know, nobody's trying to be sneaky or steal anybody's, you know, IP or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we might be doing more, so stay tuned. Nice. We have a couple of other breweries Do you guys talking with. Do you guys have more of this available to go, or is it just on tap left? Uh, just draft, but I, all, I can run off, and I probably will be running off another limited run of the bottles. Nice. Cool. And then that's, that's it. Once it's gone, it's gone. Nice. If I brew it again, it won't be called that. <laughs> and I will probably will tweak it a little bit. Um, nice. Well, that'll be fun to, to, to try the V.2, knowing that you're trying to make, a, you know, make it a little bit closer. But it's already fantastic. I, I really dig the beer. I got a couple questions from Sean, um, our buddy Sean, in the chat here. Um, what's your favorite beer name that you've come up with, and what's the story behind it? I mean, we might have just done that, but... You know, is there anything else that, that could be? Um, that's got to be a favorite. Oh man, that's a tough one. No, um, I'm just trying to think if it's like, <laughs> if it's like okay to. I don't know. It's okay to say whatever you darn well please. <laughs> if you're worried about our podcast, just say whatever you want. Yeah, there's a. I don't think you have to worry about much, but but it's up to you. The other question there is... There's a duck sauce barley wine called Drink You Long Time. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> but that was ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> Did it actually have duck sauce in it? Yeah, house-made nice. duck sauce, not the packets. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, that it, was yeah. way back in the day. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if a name like that would fly today. We don't want to, you know... Yeah, right? We don't want anybody to... Well, that's cool. Uh, Sean also asked, uh, can you describe the ebb and flow of a business year in regards to how busy they are? So we kind of touched on that earlier, but, you know, throughout the year, you know, what is, is it, um, is it very seasonal? You know, I know everybody talks about the struggle of January, you know, yeah, dry January for a brewery. Yeah. (laughs) It's the worst. Yeah. I mean, being, being only like, what is it? 15 months old. Um, yeah, you have like a couple months in the summer that things kind of dip. Um, sure. But like fall, winter, spring, with the exception of January. Although our January wasn't too bad at all. Um, I guess. I, I didn't think it was. I don't have anything to really compare it to, though. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was your first January. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, with January, I mean, you definitely notice some, some, some what of a dip in January. Um February kind of starts ramping up. March and April are bananas. Um, May, kind of steady. Um, right now with the beer garden, it's tough because we're kind of competing with ourselves. If it's a sure. beautiful day, you're going to go hang out at the beer garden. You're not going to yeah. be sitting in it. And we still have when people that come hang out here, but like, it's definitely like 
slowed down a little bit at the tap room, but then we see like a massive uptick. Sure. Half mile away at the beer garden. So yeah. they're still getting cartel beers. I mean, we got eight taps over there, four ours for our uh, rural city, which is a newer brewery that opened up um, back in like December. I haven't heard of them. Are they, they're Lancaster? Mm-hmm. They're up by the Turnpike. They're uh, uh, Reams Town. Is the beer garden dog friendly? Yes. You hear that, wife? <laughs> hear My that wife? My wife will go anywhere if we can mm-hmm. take the dog. Yep. Dog friendly, family friendly. I mean, we, there yeah, are times where the it's kids. like, yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> so she just cares about the dog. They have uh, food, food trucks? Yes. Nice. And a music and DJ schedule for the evenings, primarily. So let's, uh, let's talk about this beer here um, that we just started sipping on. This is a nice, uh, nice dark beer. Mm. So what's this one called? This is called Obscurity. So... It's the, this is the second batch. So we were talking about barrel blending earlier. Yeah. Um, These are single barrels. So it says on the bottle, single barrel. I mean, that's kind of more popular term in like whiskey and bourbon. Sure. Stuff like that. Um, But intentionally not blended because I want whatever experience I'm getting when I taste that barrel, if it's what I want it to be. I don't want to mix it with anything else. I want yeah. that to be in the bottle. So, um, brewed one batch of this beer. Um, half of it went into a bourbon barrel from our friends over at Stolen Wolf and Lidditz. Nice. Um, the other went into a Thistle Finch rye barrel. Okay. Um, Where's Thistle Finch? Lancaster City. Okay. Yeah, really good stuff. They have a great spot. I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, they've been around for a while. Okay. So we, we dropped um, the first the first bottle, the bourbon barrel, Obscurity, uh, at our anniversary Mar- this this past March. Yeah. Um, and now the this the rye barrel took a little bit longer. Um, gotcha. To get where I wanted it to be. So. I like this a ready. lot. This has got a nice... I was going to say, this is a John beer right yeah. here. This has got a nice bite to it. It's good bitterness, and I feel like it, that... That rye spiciness. Yes. The rye spiciness definitely comes through and um, just hits you, and it's, it's not too... It, what's the ABV? Because it doesn't feel like it's incredibly thick, like it's like motor oil, but it's That's still great. got a fantastic body... Yeah, it's got it's kind of syrup. when you when you're pouring it, it's it's kind of syrupy. Uh, it's yeah. got some sweetness to it because it definitely a little bit of sweetness. Yeah, very long boil, and then I age longer in the barrel, which means more evaporates, and you okay. end up with less liquid, but a better liquid. If I went yeah. probably another six to eight months, it'd be even more syrupy than that. Gotcha. You take a stab at what you think the ABV is. Nine point eight. Twelve eight. Twelve eight. Holy shit. I was gonna, yeah. I was thinking tenish, maybe. I don't know why I did nine point eight. If you drank that at at six months, you would definitely guess twelve eight. Yeah. But because it's been a lot longer than that, yeah, it kind of everything. The beer going into the barrel tastes awful. If there's one thing I learned in talk and having really good conversation with Adam Avery, who I think is one of the is a legend at barrel aging. Sure. Um, yeah, he had said like make like the the beer designed for the barrel age 
is not necessarily designed to be consumed fresh. Interesting. It's, it's something like I don't think we've ever really talked mess about. It. Of flavors, where yeah. It's like uh, astringent, overly powerful flavors. Time mellows and melds that all together. Sure. And then blends in oak. Yeah. And, and spirit character. And like so, yeah. If I brew that beer, I would never put it on fresh because it's not. It's not correct. Yeah, I've never. I don't think I've really had a conversation with somebody about that. I don't think we have like talking about no brewing difference. brewing a stout, a dark beer. That's um, I just I never really considered that before. Like it's it's the thought of how it's going to develop in the barrel. Right. Yeah. So you're you're brewing something that may not. It, it probably doesn't taste like you would want. I mean, some right people might like it, but I I know what I'm looking for in an end result and what comes out of the fermenter fresh yeah. is not that. Sure, yeah. Well, some <laughs> so people like country music, you know? It took a lot to take that plunge because you, you know, you're, like, taking a risk on, like, you brew a batch, and it's not so much the batch cost or anything. It's, like, I'm also sitting on it for... 15 to 24 months yeah that's yeah and if the end of that journey is not right that that hurts more than just, oh my goodness just the sum of the ingredients you put into it. it's like man. sure but you do taste them as you go and you'll have an idea of like hey this is progressing the way that i want it to so, yeah mm-hmm. nice do you have you said you have plans to bottle this one it's bottled i'm waiting on labels nice then i i do the whole wax thing and like Oh, that'll be we fun. We probably have two to three hundred bottles is usually what we can drop from a single barrel. Plus, yeah. plus we'll have uh, a couple of sixtals for draft nice. pours while yeah. it lasts, and then and then there's probably one sixtal left that kind of disappears for a little while and save it for a rainy day. Yeah, for maybe maybe this with like three quarters of this with just like a quarter of the cream ale. I'm, I'm trying to get into this. This is the only beer that I wouldn't let anybody defile. No, <laughs> just a little well, creaminess to it. Your customer's always right. Want me to top that off? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm just thinking. I dig this a lot. I like this a lot. Yes, yeah, Sean, it, it is well balanced. I think it's got um, man, and I do love that. Like, there is that that that. Uh, I don't want to say syrup because it's not like maple syrup. I'm not getting maple, but there is just this like lingering. It's co- it coats your mouth and your tongue, and it just stays there. It's it coats the glass. Yeah, yeah. Like you have like a syrupy legs that just kind yeah. Of, if you yeah, I like it's. I like that I get the spirit without the heat. There's a little heat there. You yeah, know, a little you, bit. You want a little bit of heat in your your stouts, but it's not. It, I get more spirit than heat. If I get like a little hint of bourbon, I want I want some of that some of that liquor burn, a little bit of heat. You know what I mean? Just a little. I don't want a lot. Yeah, I kind of want a lot, and then I want I it know. to be bitter. You're, that's you. That's you. It'd be well, hot the, and bitter. The barley wine that you tried that was a that was technically a homebrew because it it had been made almost two years before you had it, and we weren't even close to being open at that point. But I did brew villain again. We had it on tap for a while, non-barrel aged. We also filled a barrel with it back in like August of last right. year. So 
getting close to one year on that. We'll see how it tastes. It actually is tasting like it almost might be ready at a year. I, t- I typically go longer, but if the beer if the beer tastes right, then, you know. We also have our wheat wine, which is Hero. That's bar- that's barrel resting, too. Plus, we have draft of the non-barrel, like, straight version. I just had a Bourbon County. I was, like, going through all my... Uh my, my fridge beers, yeah. just trying to like go through as many as I can. You're trying to move stock. Yes, and uh, I did a wheat wine, and I think that was another one where like I had already had like four beers, probably like you know bombers of stouts or something, and I got to that one. I might have actually drank that whole beer. I think I drank the whole thing. You no, probably, you probably bourbon county wheat wine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have one. I haven't opened it yet. I don't think I've ever had the bourbon county wheat wine. Like yeah, I have it, but I haven't tried it. It's it's good. Like I, I mean, I I don't know what year that was. It was like 2018 or. You drank it at 7 a.m. watching F1 on Sunday. <laughs> don't lie. It was probably like 7:30, and like I was asleep at 7:45. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just completely knocked out. So. um Jeff said he. It sounds like he would really like that beer. Hint, hint. But um, we're coming up on an hour here. Um, let's talk about what's new and exciting. Is there anything new coming up that you want to plug, or anything exciting happening that you want to let people know about? Um, no, just the just the release of this beer. Stay tuned in the next couple of weeks if I can get you know labels and get to it. I know we've been really busy with stuff, but I really want to release that. Um, beer garden if you come to lancaster come check it out you get to experience two breweries at one place yeah um yeah that's I'm awesome trying to think of anything else that we're we're working on right now there's tons of stuff going on and but. just to, as a reminder when people come here and they find this spot if it's even if it's not the beer garden if they come here what can they expect right it's a nice tap room you got you know a dozen i don't know what is that like eight uh, eight eight chairs. We have uh, six seats at, a, at an L-shaped bar, and we have eight four-top tables. So it's not it's not a it's huge not space. Huge, it's cozy. But it's nice. It's cozy. It's not too tight. It's um, got a good feel. I love the subway tile. I love the lighting in here. It just feels plenty of electricity. Plenty of electricity. <laughs> plenty of electricity. <laughs> but um, you know, and then again for the food, you usually have a food truck that's doing things. Yeah, we have a lot of. We're kind of a. a f- food diverse you know it could change at any given time sure um we are looking to potentially run a small food program out of here we don't have a full kitchen but there's a lot that we can do with what we'd have so nice um monday nights we have pizza tent which is like a local legend here um that's another thing i thought was unusual you're open on mondays yeah a lot of people aren't so we have we are popping on mondays tuesdays wednesdays you're closed it's, it's nonstop. For, for three to four hours on Monday. And Pizza Tent is... Uh, like a Lancaster he, legend? Well, he just started, like, probably a year ago, and okay. he is has a huge following now. He, he basically had a proper pizza oven fabricated in Italy, had it shipped over here and, and attached to a trailer that he hauls around, so he literally has the, a wood-fire oven. That's amazing. He makes his own sourdough. We are talking about pizza earlier, yeah, so yeah. we're coming full circle on the pizza there conversation. Um great sourdough crust fermented mozzarella um comes up with some really cool recipe Man. ideas and it's top notch yeah, probably some of the i've had a lot of good pizza some of the best pizza i've had he, he's doing a good job it always comes back to pizza it always comes back to pizza that's the thing um we are 
I don't even have anything. We're going to do toast of the week. Are you, are you prepared? I am. I'm not. So I'm going to let you go first. But uh, like, I'm going to let good. you know, you, Adam. You steal my. Yeah. Uh, toast of the week is usually um, you can you can toast something that that you're happy about that you want to just give a shout out to. You can do burnt toast if you want to just like smash somebody or um, throw somebody under the bus. You can do that as well. But uh, you'll go you'll go last. So we'll go. We'll. The two of us will go first, but we're going to do uh, toast of the week for uh, for this episode. How about a beer? Might be brews presents the toast of the week. Oh my god! So I'm going first. It's uh, this will be in the past if you're listening on Monday, but in the future if you're listening today. John likes it when I talk <laughs> time space continuum. I'm like uh, the multiverse of madness. Happy Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. There's Plenty of great father figures in my life, uh, friends of mine that are that are great fathers to their kids. Um, so it's very simple. Happy Father's Day to all the uh, dads out there. Hope you're having a good one. Hope you enjoy it. Killed it. You nailed it. Good job. And of course, in uh, true fashion, you have no beer. I have no beer to toast with. I do that every single time. You got a little bit there, Adam. You want me to go get you some? No, that's all right. I got enough. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean. This is how bad I am. I feel like I'm doing a, Kendr- uh, a Kevin Kinderman move here. Where's the... Uh- ah! <laughs> Come on, Kev. Uh, you know, he was supposed to have content every time he showed up. He never had anything. Never had anything. I'm doing the same thing. So I'm flipping through my phone, looking at my recent text messages. I'm going to give my shout out, my toast of the week to Chris Nelson. A lot of people in the beer community or in the beer uh, sharing groups on Facebook and things like that probably know Chris Nelson. Um, he's a realtor, a beer guy, but, uh, he's turned out to be a really cool friend and a really good guy. And, um, so shout out to Chris. Chris has uh, been a big help to me lately. More on that to come in, uh, maybe the next episode. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Definitely on the socials before then. Yeah. Probably look out on the social media stuff, but, uh, next episode we'll, uh, we'll have like a, a big news drop. But he's also goddamn Martin Scorsese. Yes. He puts out the best internet content about anything yeah i watched it like seven times yeah whatever it is he's got he's got you know stories reels uh youtube videos all kinds of content but uh great guy great friend beer dude um so anyway cheers to chris Chris. that's going out to him luckily that's the same on both (laughs) <laughs> I just hit the green one thinking I knew what I was doing. So, Adam, you have anything? I do. I, I have a, I'm going to start with a burnt toast and end with a real toast. Nice. Oh, I, like love a, I love a burnt toast. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good story. Well, uh, so the burnt toast, go, no, what is it? Were you supposed to say something specific for a burnt toast? No, say, like, silly. no toast to you. No, just, no. Uh, you know. No. All right, the burnt toast is my glycol chiller that failed on me, and my beer started getting warm this Oh, week. no. Oh, and, fuck you, chiller. And then my toast is to the gentleman named Tim Weaver, who fixed it for me. Nice. No. <laughs> Perfect. Full circle. <laughs> Your the beer is cold again. <laughs> Tim, great work. That's very important. <laughs> Man, I got to give a shout-out and a toast to this Jason, because I feel like... I gotta look that picture up. Oh that yeah, so so the guy is it Jason the one that was? On? I feel yeah. like there was a several questions that that didn't get answered. So I want to say just for the record, if there are questions that I didn't answer, because I think I'm still thinking about the best name. 
<laughs> yeah, right. But feel free to uh, DM on the socials for Cartel and Instagram or Facebook because they go directly to me and I can answer those. Awesome. Yeah, so make sure you guys look them up. Is it just at Cartel Brewing, out Cartel mm-hmm. Brewing and Blending, something like that? At Cartel Brewing on Perfect. Instagram, at Cartel Brewing or Facebook.com forward slash Cartel Brewing. Yeah. It's the same handle for both. Awesome. Um, I'm not doing much other than those two for right now. Um, maybe a Twitter someday. Who knows? Don't do Twitter. Yeah. I, I don't really I, do Twitter. I, 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 Twitter yeah. scares me. Instagram and Facebook. Twitter's scary. Yeah. I agree. I'm not, and untapped. I'm, I'm too old. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I'm too old for that probably. Jason, um, I think this is maybe one of the first times Jason's interacted, but he's been fantastic. He's Constantly, MVP today. He is MVP. MVP we got to make that a new... Why don't we, do we toast that. Jason right now? Yeah, let's toast Jason. Jason. <laughs> Jason, toast to you, buddy. I don't have any beer. Uh, uh, Neither. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I got a little bit. Maybe a little bit for you, Jason. And, and a little trip of everything. And burnt toast to fish. You gotta step up your game. Yeah, fish. Jason, where you been? Jason is all over this fish. I don't know what you're doing. Fish hopped in the chat and asked Brett how Laura and the kid are doing. Yeah, they're talking to each other in the chat, not to us. Yeah, why don't you just text that guy Bullshit instead of is this. yeah hijacking our uh, <laughs> our chat, our, our fucking chat to catch up with your friends. But anyway. Where's the outro? Here we go. Guys, if you took the time to watch, listen, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Make sure you subscribe, like, follow, all that good stuff. Look up Cartel Brewing online, and we will see you next time.